Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Ben and Chris Talk Sports. I'm Chris. And I'm Ben. And we are here, as always, to bring you our opinions on the news, notes, and happenings from around the world of sports. A little bit of show news for you to start off the episode today, being episode 92. Uh, starting, I'd say, what, next week? Yes. Starting next week, we are going to be moving the show from Tuesday and Fridays to Wednesday. It will be once a week show. Uh, this isn't for any negative reason. This is to attempt to bring you a higher quality show uh, more consistently. Uh, to be completely honest, full disclosure, it has been difficult the past few months to come up with really engaging topics to get into to put on an entertaining show. And Ben and I also will be in, involved in some other um, sports podcast-related uh, activities, I guess you could say, for lack of a better word, uh, in the future. There's not really a lot of news on that yet, but we will let you guys know as it as things develop. Uh, but the show isn't going anywhere, besides a different day. It's still going to be here. We love doing this. Uh, but in order to put on the best show possible, we decided that the best course of action would be to put it on one day. So if you're looking for it next Tuesday morning, it won't be there, but it will be there Wednesday. So... That's for the future. As for this episode, pretty straightforward. Major League Baseball trade deadline coming up. We're going to die. majority of the episode will be about that. Yeah. And we're going to talk about Buda Baker, safety for the Arizona Cardinals, a little bit later on. He got a very, very nice payday. We kind of question the move by the Cardinals, but we'll get into that later. First of all, trade deadline. Wouldn't think. Shortened season during a pandemic. We'd have a whole lot of action. A whole lot going on. You tend to think otherwise. There could be some players on the move. Well, I mean, we already had some movement. Dywan Walker moved today from Seattle to Toronto. He was a big prospect for years. Like he was he was top-level prospect for years. And he, I mean, he's still really young, but he hasn't really panned out in what they thought he would. Right, and he was traded. He was actually traded to Arizona. And then Arizona let him go in free agency, and Seattle signed him. And now Seattle traded That's him. That's right, he was. Yeah. I forgot all about that. Uh, he was in the... D. Gordon trade, I believe. No, not D. Gordon. Gene Segura. Oh, Segura, Segura. That was it, yeah. Um, it was for a player to be named later in cash consideration. So who knows what it'll be. I hear it's, Actually, I read that it's supposedly a pretty high-level prospect. Not top, top-level, but pretty high-level because he is still seen as a... Pretty, pretty decent piece. He has, yeah, he has a ton of talent. talent. He's got to put it together. And and Toronto is in one of those spots where it's like you're kind of on the cusp. You have a wild card spot. I think if I do the math correctly, carry the three. Yep, I think they're in a wild card spot. Well, we know the Red Sox aren't in any danger of doing that. So. That is correct. Um, and, in fact, they actually traded two bullpen pieces, uh, Brandon Workman and Heath Henry, both to Philadelphia. Four. Uh, I didn't catch that. Um, I didn't. I didn't. I, I don't remember the name. Uh, wasn't nothing. Nothing notable. I knew when I saw it, I was like, "Oh, who's that? That's awesome." Good yeah, thing they traded really, bullpen arms for that. Yeah, I didn't really notice um, too much. And then uh, a side note to a team that would potentially sell uh, Kino Kalea, uh, relief pitcher for the Pittsburgh Pirates. He just went on the injury list today. I think it was today or yesterday. So, obviously, I, I don't foresee him being traded. Yeah, he's not going anywhere if he's hurt. No. So, we have uh, what I think is six teams that are going to 
potentially trade players. And I say potentially, who knows what they're, they're going to do. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Not to cut you off, but just to get in before we get into that, that this season, instead of there being uh, eight, well, ten playoff teams technically, because you have the, the two wildcard playing games, which encompass four teams in the AL and NL normally, and then you have the the four the the, 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 the overall wild card winner who wins the wild card playoff game and the three division winners. So you actually have four in each divi- uh, each um, league. We're gonna have sixteen this year. So, of the thirty teams, over half are gonna be technically playoff teams. Yeah. So there's a lot of teams that are gonna have really really poor records who are still up until the last few games going to be vying for a playoff spot. And I understand why baseball did this, because they're going to be hard-pressed to keep people interested this year with everything going on. So they may as well have some of these poor uh, teams that have uh, you know poorer records contending to the last couple of days. I get it. But it's interesting at the trade deadline, we're going to have a lot less action than normal, I think, because a lot of these teams aren't going to want to trade a, an important piece away if they think that they're going to have a chance to even sneak into the, I don't know, what, the 15th wild card spot? Well, yeah, and you look at someone like St. Louis, right? They're 500 right now. Well, they're 11-11. They're, they're missing a ton of games still. And you're Milwaukee or Cincinnati. Milwaukee's one game behind them. Mm-hmm. One game? One and a half, sorry. And uh, Cincinnati's two and a half. And I'm sure they both have games against St. Louis. So you have to think, you're still in this. Even though you have games back, you've got games in hand, and St. Louis has to go out and play some games, if we're going to be fair. Mm-hmm. Which is why, you know, Pittsburgh seems like they're they're odd man out in this division. But that just tells you that the trading deadline is right around the corner. We're down 31st. All I can say is thank God for the Pittsburgh Pirates, because if not for them, the Red Sox would be the worst team in baseball. Correct. Mathematically. They are... And, I mean, if you watch them play on the field, they're not much better than the mathematics state. So uh, so the six teams, actually, was interesting because we were going to do this last week. Yes. Um, and I had three teams. San Fran, Boston, and Pittsburgh. Right. Which we did discuss how poor they were doing, but right. we didn't discuss the trade, did, um, what that meant as far as the trade deadline goes. Uh, it's interesting, in, in less than a week, I've now added three more teams. It was a rough week for those three teams. And those three three teams are, are Kansas City, Texas, and obviously Seattle because they just traded one of their pieces. This will get interesting because it is the 27th, so we have four days till the trading deadline. If you're one of these teams and you look at this, this situation like, I can probably get above market value than I normally would in a normal season because there is going to be a cluster of teams that want Oh, yeah. want players. Teams that wouldn't normally be involved at the deadline. Because there's a chance. You, you There's a chance you could push the push the button and push all in and try to make a run at this. And if you're one of these teams, especially I, I strongly consider San Francisco as one of these teams that has players that teams might want because they have that experience. Maybe they're a little aged, but they have experience. Right. So we're going to do this. I'm going to give you a list of players from a team. You tell me which one's most likely to get traded, and if you want, give me the team they're going to go to. Okay. 
Uh, you have the uh, standings in front of you? Or? I will momentarily. I do now, yes. I, I think you just need a little help. Um, I'm going to start with... We'll, we'll get this one out of the way real quick. Uh, Seattle. Okay. Uh, obviously, I would have put Taiwan Walker on this list, but obviously he's been traded already. So realistically, looking at their roster, it was funny because a lot of their players had that two-way uh, arrow, mm-hmm. uh, meaning they're two-way players. So it was a plethora of their roster that was two-way players, which is insane. And it tells you where they're at right now with, uh, I guess, their building or rebuilding. They've been rebuilding. So realistically. Rick for Jr. left. Right. <laughs> There's really only one player that I see as a piece that you'd be willing to trade that you can get something for, and it's not really part of the future, and that's D. Gordon. Mm-hmm. He's got one year left. He's 32 years old. Plays a premium position. Do you see him getting traded? And is there a team you see him getting traded to? Well, um, I mean, I could see him getting traded because, like you said, he probably isn't a part of their future. They have a lot of talented prospects, at least, position player-wise. You know, guys like Shed Long and um, I'm forgetting somebody else. Uh, you, you might say even Kyle Seeger might be on the block. Yeah, but I think I think because he had such, so many years left. Yeah. And it was not. I don't want to say it's it's not a great contract, but he's he's doing really well this year. I'm just saying if they're ever gonna move him for anything for a premium price, he's he's looked he looks this year like he did years ago when people thought he was gonna be one of the top stars in the game. He looks phenomenal so far this year. If I were them, seeing how inconsistent he's been over the years, at least average-wise, I would I would very much be willing to part with him for the right package. All right, back off my statement. He's got two years left, and one of them is a club option. So, And at 32 years old, I mean, maybe maybe it's an option. I, I thought he'd be kind of like a piece to keep to kind of yeah, keep product uh, on the field because I think I think D Gordon his value decreases every year because he is a speed based player, and as you get older, your speed goes down. Yeah, and I think uh, I think you're right. They're keeping face on the field, I think the Mariners are running into the same problem a team like the Detroit Tigers is right now, where it's I mean they still have Miggy Cabrera, but. He's not the player he used to be by any stretch. And he's really still the face of the team. So they let him go. They're kind of a, you know, kind of in no man's land there. And the Mariners are the same way if they trade Seeker, even though he's nowhere near the caliber for Mickey Cabrera. He still is. I mean, you have Ken Griffey Jr., you have Ichiro, you have Randy Johnson to a certain extent. Those guys are kind of synonymous with the Mariners. After that, man, what have you had for the last few seasons? I mean, you, you, you signed Robinson Cano to a big contract. That didn't play out nearly the way you hoped it would. So if I were them and somebody came to me with a really, really nice over-the-top package for a guy like Seeger, some good young bullpen arms, uh, good young starters maybe, um, I, don't, I, don't, I think that's really the only way you trade him is for a nice pitching package. I think he'd... Fit in really good in Tampa Bay. Interesting. 
uh, for for a guy like Seeker. I could see them sending a few young arms up to Seattle for a guy without a lot of money left on the table. Even if they could pick up the option for next year, trade away some good young arms, get a guy like him. They're in first place right now in the East. They have, even with all their injuries, which we talked about last episode, to the pitching staff and the bullpen, they have still a two-and-a-half game lead over the Yankees. They're four-and-a-half over Toronto. They're about a mile-and-a-half in front of the Red Sox. And Baltimore is just a few games better than Boston, but that's still not great. I'd make a move. They got the pitching. They got some decent offense going down there. He'd fit in really nicely. He'd be a nice bat to throw in there. Uh, I don't know where else I could honestly see him going. I don't think, the, I mean, the Yankees don't need to trade for him. Um, they have enough money on the table for players who are injury prone. Uh, I don't see Minnesota moving for him. Doesn't really seem like a good fit in Cleveland. They have Jose Ramirez and Francisco Lindor. So that side of the field's pretty solid. Um... Or if he wasn't in the same division, I'd say a guy like D. Gordon might fit in Oakland. Even with Jerickson Provar? I think he's better than Jerickson Provar. Oh. So, I, I mean, and you know Billy Bean isn't going to bring anybody in that they can't use. And I don't think it would cost them a ton to get him from Seattle. Even being in the division, I think Seattle's got to know we're really definitely sellers at this point. And even though there is, you know, 16 playoff spots this year, they're not going to be in any kind of contention. I mean, they're not even right now, to be honest. They're nine and a half back of the lead of Oakland. But, I mean, he's a guy, like I said, if it wasn't in division, I could see it happening. Um, I really don't know, man. I mean, NL, uh, by the time the Marlins catch up on their games, they're probably not going to be doing all that great, although they're already almost there now, and they're still in second place with a wild card spot. I really, I don't know. I don't see anybody else I don't see anybody else really making a move for him. The Dodgers, I don't think need anybody. Where is Jerickson uh, Pofar? I thought he was in Seattle. Well, he was on Oakland. Oh, Oakland, Oakland, yeah. I'm talking about them now. Yeah, I thought he was on Oakland confused. too. Yeah, might, have been, might have been designated for assignment. He's always struggled with average and staying healthy, and it's very possible they moved on from him. Because I look at their starting, and Tony Kemp is their starting second baseman. Yeah, it's very possible. So he's actually, either on the bench or just got DFA'd. So actually, you know, that's actually the perfect situation for um, D Gordon. D Gordon would be Oakland because, look, no disrespect to Tony Kemp. D Gordon's a better player. Yeah. And you need to push you need to push all in. If you're Oakland, Oakland only has so many windows. Mm-hmm. And we might we might double back on Oakland again in one of these other teams. But you you need to push all in when the opportunity is hot. And Astros are you could say they're a little bit reeling. Is is that too far to say? No, I absolutely agree with that. And you need to take advantage of the year that we're in. And if you're getting the pitching and the hitting and you're dominating, 
you need to take advantage. Astros are four and a half back, and then Seattle's nine and a half. I, and I hate to toot my own horn here, but I, I did pick Oakland to win the World Series this you year. You did. And I did say it would not surprise me if, and not that D. Gordon's a big bat, but he could be a key player. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if they made a, a big move for a big player late in the season or well, late in the 60-game season is, you know, like a month in. But you know what I mean, towards the death. It wouldn't surprise me. It honestly would not surprise me to see him in Oakland. But I think Oakland has their eyes set on someone a little bigger than D. Gordon. Okay. We'll, we'll get to that, I'm sure. Uh, so I, but just to um, just to be completely clear to everybody listening, Ben did not show me any of this list beforehand. No. I don't know what he's going to throw at me. This is all off the cuff. So if I seem a little disoriented, it's not that. It's I'm honestly trying to on the spot formulate a response. So So we're going to stay in division. Okay. I'm going to go with Texas. So everybody. Trade everybody everywhere. Agreed. Agreed. It's time to just bail completely. You have some pieces. Yeah, you rebuild. Traded, rebuild. <laughs> you traded uh, Mazzara in the offseason. Yeah. Uh, you let some free agents go. Uh, but you kept some of these guys, especially a certain second baseman who just can't hit his weight. Rugged, yeah, Ruggin Odor can't hit over 200 if his life depended on it. I looked it up. He's actually two, in 215 right now. Oh, well, I stand corrected. Then. We'll see where he is at the end of the year, but I might, owe him, I might owe him an apology. So there are four players that I looked at and said, maybe they could help a team. Okay. I, I'm not saying these, te- these players are going to push him over. Right. This is your... I think all four of these players are your Johnny Gomes, your Ben Zobrist, your... Uh, it's going to be a, nice utility players or... Not necessarily utility, but just a nice infusion yeah, of no. a player that can... What about role players. Yes. Role players. Role That's players. what I meant. Not utility. Role player. Sinsu Chu in the last year of his contract. He's um, Derek Dietrich. 31 years old, last year of his contract, although I think he probably signed a one-year deal. Lance Lynn, 33 years old, has an extra year after this year. And then, obviously, Rudnick Odor, 26 years old, and has three more seasons. And I believe the last two are club options. I could totally see them trading Rudnick Odor. I can, too. Um, I... I... You're just not going to get much for him. Yeah, you're not going to get a lot, number one. Like you said, he can't hit his weight. I mean, you're, you're looking at, I think, at the very most, you're looking at a guy who's probably going to hit two, 225, 230. Like he's got, I think, I think he's good year. three home runs right now. Yeah. And for this, for this season, I guess that's average. Yeah, and I mean, when he, signed, when he signed his big contract, he was coming off a phenomenal season. Right. Where he looked like he was... A superstar in the making. He was, well, I think, twenty three or something, twenty four. Oh, Elvis Andrews did the same thing. Yeah, same thing with the Rangers, and then after that, just didn't didn't turn out to that dynamic game changer they thought he was going to. But Elvis Andrews, I think, had a much better run than Rugged Odor. He was more consistent. But yeah, over the over time, I could see Odor going to a place. See, I wouldn't like him for Oakland. No, he's not a fit in Oakland. He so doesn't. Any- he can't. He can't contribute. They're not going to bring in a 200, 220 hitter to Oakland, especially when it's in the same division and they've been watching this guy. Like they know what they have in him. Right. They've done a, a ton of scouting on him. It just doesn't. It doesn't fit. Oakland's going to bring in a guy who is going to do much better in 
a situation like Oakland where they're going to be given. I don't. I don't know. There's just something different about the culture in Oakland. When you watch them play, you hear about how the organization is run. Like, Oakland is very good at finding what a player is good at, right? And letting them do that. That'd be like if they wanted to bring Sin Su Chu in or, right. or Derek Dietrich. You know, oh, if they figured mean. out what they could, they could do for him, great. But do you have a feeling on Rudin going anywhere? I mean, this might sound crazy. I could see him going to the Rockies. Interesting. Because um, he's a second baseman. Right. Uh, I do believe he's played some outfield also. So I'm not exactly 100% sure on the Rockies' second base situation. But uh, he could also play outfield. You're talking course field, so you have that, you know, the, the ball travels a little bit farther up there. Uh, Garrett Hampson. I don't know who he is. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they could. They could, honestly, if they were going to take Regnando Doors' contract away from the Rangers, they'd probably trade him for cash considerations and a player to be named later. Honestly, I really don't think it would take much to get him to pry him away from the Rangers. I think well, they see, they know what they have with him and they moved on from the experiment. And they have Daniel Murphy and Matt Kemp apparently rotating or some rotation at the H. So if they felt like yeah they wanted to so infuse I, I, him into the the H spot, yeah, which it very well could. I, I think I think that'd be a good fit. I, the Rockies, I mean, they're uh, seven games back in the division, but that's only because the Dodgers are doing what the Dodgers do, and that's killing it in a regular season before so, they inevitably fold in the playoffs. So this is where we're factoring in the sixteen million wild card spots, right? Yes. Okay. This is yeah. I think the, I think the Rockies, you know, they could make a move for somebody like Odor, who could provide a spark down the stretch as a good role player. And then maybe help get him into the playoffs. And again, if something like that fails, it's not like you're trading a top prospect for him. No. You can go get somebody who you might think has some potential, especially with the, the thinner air up in Colorado. If it doesn't work out, you probably traded, worst case scenario, a mediocre uh, pro- uh, pitching prospect from the minors. And uh, maybe cash considerations, maybe a dra- I don't know, late draft picks. I, don't, I have no idea. But. You're not going to have to pay much to get him, so. And I, I think, no, uh, yeah, the last year of his deal has a club option. So you're looking at potentially 2021 and 2022 combined $24 million roughly between the two years. And then if it's not working, I, I get it at age 29. He's still, he still has years behind him. But if he's not, look, if he's not seeing the ball right now at age 26, and this is not this is not a one year thing. This has been going on for the better part of three or four years, where he just can't hit his weight. Then you just cut bait. You don't have to pay that thirteen point five million dollar salary right. in twenty twenty three because you avoid that last year. And like you said, you're not you're not going to give up a lot, unless not at all. Yeah. unless Texas is going to say, oh yeah, we'll pay um, half that contract each year. And then you'll have to give up a better prospect. If I'm the if I'm the Rockies, I say okay. We're gonna roll the dice. So we're gonna roll the dice. We're gonna take the whole contract, and you're gonna get some what double A, single A player, mm-hmm. maybe. So you're looking. You're looking. 
Is that a hard, fast yes that Rugnan goes to Colorado? Or oh, 100%. You... I think so. Okay. I'd have to say if I'm going to pick a team you'd go to, I'd say I'd say a team like Colorado. Because I don't know if they have the firepower as far as in their minor league system to go out and get a bigger prospect. And that kind of ties into somebody else. I know you said one person, but I firmly believe Lance Lynn will be traded. See, I, I like that. And Lance Lynn's going to be traded to the Yankees. Because they can't keep James Paxton healthy. Uh, they have other starting rotation problems. Uh, Garrett Cole's been good, but they need another arm. And being that he's 33, they're going to have to pay a lot more for him than the team would have to for Ragnar Odor. But the Yankees could send a, a little package down there for Lance Lynn and still have him next year. They have the, they have the ability to pay him. That's not a problem. And he's got the extra year. That's what I mean. He's got the extra year next year. They get him for more than one year. They could have Lance Lynn's having a great year this year so far. They could have a nice little Lance Lynn, Garrett Cole, one-two punch, whatever pass he can contribute if he's able to come back. Uh, Masahiro Tanaka, whatever his deal is. I actually don't even know if he's one of the injured or not. Honestly, I probably should, but I don't. Um, yeah, I, I, confirm, I, I can see him going to the Yankees. And that's because... I see somebody else, if you don't bring it up, I think you will, but if I see somebody else going to Oakland and not the Yankees. Well, I want to shift to another West team. Okay. But this is the NL West. All right. And, of course, that's the San Francisco Giants. All right. As I mentioned before, they have a lot of experienced players. Namely, Brandon Bilt, Brandon Crawford, Evan Longoria. And they have Trevor Cahill, who apparently is coming out of the bullpen. All 32-plus. Um, Belt and Crawford have one year left on their deal. Longoria has three years left on his deal. Cahill is a free agent after the season. This is experience. With, with the, I mean, Longoria made the World Series once, but Belt and Crawford actually have rings. Mm-hmm. I know Belt and Crawford are lifelong giants. Do you see them moving either one of those pieces? I know they should because, honestly, at this point, you're San Francisco. You are just staring at the bottom of the – I'm sorry, not the bottom. I apologize. Arizona's doing worse. I mean, there's a thing, too. Buster Posey, who was considered one of the best catchers in the league – opted out because of COVID before the season started. Is this team much better with him on it? Because I know the Giants lost a lot of pitching. No. Yeah. So, I mean. Their best starting pitcher is Johnny Cueto. Yeah. And he's, I believe he's retired at the end of the season. He's a shell of what he was when he was in Cincinnati. I mean, I I don't, man, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to move anybody. They should. I could see them moving both those guys, honestly. And I, they should move all four of those guys, but which one, if you had to pick one, what was the most likely to move out of the four? Um, let's see. Well, Belt's 32. Mm-hmm. Crawford's 33. Crawford's 33. Longoria's 34. Cahill's 32. Longoria's been around for like 38 years, I too. Know. I don't know how he's only that, that old. He's... 
He must have started playing when he was like 16 years old. I mean, look at the contenders. Crawford, I mean, they're not, they're not, I mean, I know for you, anything over 30, you should put them in the old age home. Correct. But I'd have to say, I mean, I could see him moving both. If I had to pick one that was more likely, mm-hmm. I'd probably say Belt, only because he's a first baseman. Um, and that's, but the Universal DH this year, the guys who can play first can usually hit for pretty decent power. I mean, they might hit like 146 for an average, but they'll hit 146 with like 15 to 20 home runs. I'd have to say, a guy like him, a guy like a Brandon Belt, I could see. Man, I don't even know. Um, so I'll spin one at you. Yeah, I mean, I'd have to. I'm, I'm, do you want me to spin? I can spin a situation for you. Sure. What you think of it. Okay. Um, obviously, the money the money is the money. Um, and I'm not sure where the Atlanta Braves are at or the future of their money. They're actually payroll right there. Right now, their payroll is $63 million. I'm sure it's going to go up because I think Acuna signed an extension. I'm not sure. But yeah, I believe he did. I say that because... They have no third baseman. I'm, I, I know they, they've been trying to get John Camargo to take that spot, and obviously, and they have uh, Henshaberia, who's been bouncing around since he was top prospect with the Toronto Blue Jays. And Camargo just can't hit. They have this kid, Austin Riley, who I think came up and popped a little last year, and he's not hitting anything at all except for two home runs. Hmm. That's not going to do it. So, you know who I'm looking at? Braves? Longo. Oh, Longo? Oh, okay. Longo for the Braves. Yeah. I mean, he's a, he's a veteran. I mean, I, I honestly, I know I'm doing a sports podcast. I probably shouldn't admit this, but I'm a Red Sox fan. I'm far more acquainted with the American League than the National League. Right. Um. So, I mean, I know how... How good Longoria was for a very, very majority of his run with Tampa Bay, uh, and then they traded him away. Ah, I mean, he'd be a good fit. He's an experienced guy. Braves have some youth on their team. He'd be he'd be a nice fit. I'll tell you this: they're not. If they get Longoria, he is not going to be hitting three, four, five. He won't. No. Um, I don't know what their their lineup is right now. But Freddie Freeman is obviously in there. Uh, if Ozzy Albies comes back, he's somewhere in that as well. And obviously, Ronald Acuna Jr. is probably hitting third right now. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm assuming. But well, he's he's the future of their team. Oh yeah, and well, probably, the, probably the president of their team, honestly, too. And the way Marcelo Zuna is hitting right now, he's probably hitting somewhere between three and five. So w- what I'm trying to say is. If they acquired Longo, you're looking at somewhere between seven and nine hitter. You put Longo even at, long as he's been playing, we'll call it advanced age in the context of... Oh, 34. He's younger than both of us, but advanced age, yeah. Um, Him hitting between seven and nine, I mean, that's that's a win. And you wouldn't, again, much like the, the previous situation... With Rogan Odor, you, you wouldn't think it'd be extremely expensive to pry away from them. No. Maybe like maybe like I said, maybe a, a mid-level pitching prospect or something, and 
you know, I don't and, know, a bag of balls. Braves are notoriously, right now, top of Baseball Americas. I don't have the list. I'm, I'm trying, I've been trying to pull it up for you, so I can have it, but it's just not working. I think you have to pay money, which I'm not, no, I'm not doing that. But they're notoriously top, top end, because they were talking, was it last year or the year before, the Braves and, and the Red Sox were talking about a Mookie Betts trade. Right. And there was a lot of names getting thrown around. Yeah, they tried getting Okuna Jr. for a moment. They're like, yeah, they did. no, that's and not that happening. And didn't work, obviously. And instead uh, they got a, I don't know, what, a certificate for a whopper and a bag of balls for Mookie Betts, essentially. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Um, I think it's a good fit. I know you're supposed to be putting the fits out, but I thought I'd give you a little hand. Is there a player was belt? Was it what you're looking at? Yeah, honestly, I didn't. I really don't know because, like I said, I'm not really a National League guy, and I, I probably should have, you know. I mean, he's a solid guy. Oh, he's a solid. No, I know he's a good player. He's just solid, though. He's uh, not, yeah, he's, he's not nothing. Gonna, he's not. He's not going to be, you know, Jose Abreu 2.0 at first base. But yeah, I don't know. I I think I, I do like your your Wongo uh, to Atlanta idea. I think that would work pretty well. But let's uh, let's move on to the next team. Sure. Um, so we'll, uh, we'll finish up with the NL, uh, Pittsburgh Pirates. Okay. Uh, as I mentioned, Calais, um, injured, so obviously he's not going anywhere. So there's really, and this is kind of the same situation we got going on, uh, in Pittsburgh that we have Seattle. There was a lot of those two-way arrows again. Uh, there's like a little chunk of players at the top that I recognize, and then a huge chunk of players I'm like, who are all of you? Right. My my intuition tells me, okay, all those players that who are you, you're not going to get traded, not likely, unless this is a different season, which there was some rumors that we might see young players traded for young players. I'm going to go with my gut and tell me we're going to see some pl- some playoff teams push. So there's two players, different ends of the spectrum. Okay, we got Gerard Dyson. You're sure you're familiar oh, with yeah, him? Oh yeah, absolutely. He is actually 35 years old. But can still play center field. Sure. Still got speed. And Gregory Plonko. Okay. Who is 28 years old. He's got three years left on his deal. It's a very big deal. He's got upside. He's got power. He's got all the tools you want. He's only on the list because I'm looking at it like, are they going to go in a rebuild direction? Um, What positions Gregory Plonko play? Uh, He plays right field. Okay, so he's an outfielder, a power-hitting outfielder with a big contract. Not super big. It's not insurmountable. I was going to say, it'd be kinda, it's kind of surprising to me if he had a huge deal if he's on the Pirates, if they sign him to it. They like, sign him to one of those, you know... Big for a smaller market team deals? Right. Yeah, okay. To, to buy out some... Uh, he's, he's their highest-paid player currently at uh, 8.6, I think it says. Oh, so yeah, so in baseball terms, those, that's, that's pennies. Yeah, eight point six, and then he's got eleven point five, eleven point six next year, and then he's got two years after that. But they're both club options, so this is a, again, another scenario where, if it's not working, you can cut bait. Power so, hitting outfielder. Three years left, and it's relatively affordable. For a big market team. For a big market team. Absolutely. We could yeah, could, it would be nothing for. Ah man, um, I mean, look at the Padres. 
I saw that. I saw that on the on the standings. Yeah. Um, Padres are a couple. I mean, they're if it wasn't for the Dodgers having a phenomenal, you know, twenty four and nine record at this point. I mean, San Diego is nineteen wins. They would. They'd be the they'd, number. One, I think they'd be the number one. Uh, they'd be the number one seed in the National League. Uh, they'd be actually they'd still even with nineteen wins. All I all think, all three American League leading uh, league leaders have more than twenty wins. But right. yeah, I mean they're, and they have Fernando Tatis Jr. They have um, oh my God, I can't remember his name, Manny Machado. But he has some good talent on that team, and they could send the package away to to the uh, the Pirates and steal him away. Uh, that goes from hey, this this team's kind of an upstart. They're doing really good. To ooh, okay. Now once the Dodgers blow in the playoffs, you're gonna have to really look out for them in the NL. It, it is, and it well, well, we'll take it from this. It, it's an interesting concept because oh, there's Jerickson profile. I thought he was on Oakland. No. That's weird. Um, he was at one point, though. Yeah, I think it was in spring training, back before everything shut down, I think he was. I like it. They need. They do need a little bit more power. It would be, it would be helpful to have um, a little bit more protection with Manny and mm-hmm. Fernando. Oh, if you had those three guys hitting in, hitting in a row. Let, let's, let's be honest. Will Myers never turned into what he should have been. No, he had a couple of months stretch, signed a big contract extension off of that, and then has been living off that ever since. Yeah, which is kind of ridiculous. Um, the only, I mean, if are you are you? Did you say they would trade uh, Myers in the deal? No. Okay. But they could. So, I mean, they could put together a package and, and trade Myers I think away, you, depending depending on how much his contract is. Oh, it's it's more than Polanco. So yeah, so uh, no, they, they wouldn't want him. But unless you get a third team involved, and I know, and that gets convolutes it a little bit, but you get a you get a third team involved that that likes what Will Myers can bring to the table. I don't know what it is, but hey, and they can take that money, and you can spend that uh, that prospect to. Pittsburgh to get Polanco. Or whatever team wants Myers could throw their money in a pile and set it on fire, and it'd probably be more effective. Yeah, that's why I said. Yeah, that's, like yeah I know what you're saying, but that'd be, that'd be a really tough sell to, hey, this team gets Gregory Polanco, and you get Will Myers. Oh, mm, all right. That's that's awesome. There are crazier teams out there, man. Oh, I mean, the Red Sox traded Mookie Betts for a bag of balls, so absolutely. Yeah, agreed. All right, we'll be on that. So we're going to go to Kansas City. Okay. Um... We got a we got a few players. So we got uh, Ian Kennedy, thirty five years old, who's actually I think relieving. They thought he was going to be the closer going into this year, but it didn't work out that yeah, way. Yeah, they're kind of mixing. Yeah. It said reliever closer, so uh-huh. he's kind of so he's there even though not great season. He's there because pitching's pitching, right? Uh, same with Trevor Rosenthal. He's thirty years old, not spectacular, but again, pitching's pitching. And then uh, Jorge Soler, who's coming off a great season last year, he is arbitration two. I throw that out there. I don't think it's going to happen because he's arbitration two. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a heavy amount of money. But maybe if they want to invest in somebody, you can invest in Jorge Soler. If not, this is probably the time where you want to say, we're, we're going to get the most out of him. 
i.e. Mookie Betts last year at the trading deadline would have been the mo- the most opportune time oh, yeah. yep. to trade him because you're going to get a playoff run with that player, see what they have, so you can diagnose if you want to give them a long-term contract mm-hmm. or just arbitration. Now, obviously, the Dodgers gave Mookie Betts a contract regardless because they believe in him. But I think the Red Sox could have gotten a whole lot more out of, at most, two runs in the playoffs with Mookie Betts. The same scenario could be here with Jorge Soler, depending on how you treat him. But I like the other two getting traded just because, look, they they don't have contracts after this year. They're both 30-plus. Do you see either one of them going? Or if you want to go Soler, go Soler. No, I could I could definitely see Trevor Rosenthal getting traded. He's been I can't remember where he was closing somewhere. St. Louis. What, what St. Louis? Okay, and he was a he was doing he was dominant in St. And Louis. And he lost it. And then, yeah, then like a lot of you know like you said last episode, we'll probably never see another Mariano Rivera because you know, these guys come in and they close for three to five years tops now, and then they just seem to lose it. I mean, they they, <laughs> they get to like twenty eight, twenty nine years old. I don't know if it's a mentality thing, if it's just, I, I don't know, the stress of the position. Either way, we just don't really seem to have long-term closures anymore. But he's had a nice year. He's not on a contender. He could be a really nice bullpen piece for somebody who, who needs it. I mean, the guy's got... The guy's got oops, seven saves. Uh him there, I mean, 21 strikeouts in 13 innings. I mean, man, he's, he, yeah, they could probably get something pretty decent for him, too, the way he's pitching this year, being a good bullpen arm. Ah, I'd have to say, if I had to pick a new home for him, I could. I mean, do we go back to the team we just mentioned? Who's that? San Diego. Mm. I know. I know. We don't. We it's might possible. not want to go to the same team, but I don't have. See, I don't have a rock solid fit for him. I was thinking maybe a Cleveland. Again, same division. Now. I mean, teams trade more in division in, in baseball than they do like the NFL. But I was thinking. I mean, if you really want to go over the top, Twins could go for him. They're twenty and twelve, first in the division. They had some some kind of a backlog of good position players. They could send someone to Kansas City, and then they have another solid arm in that bullpen. Because let's face it, Sergio Romo, and not to do my best uh, bet impersonation, but he's getting a little long in the tooth. I mean, I think he's what thirty eight or something like that. Oh, he's up there, and he's been closing relieving, kind of mixing it up for a while. You got guys like Trevor May who look great one minute. The next minute, they look like they're a bum. You could literally say that about their entire bullpen. But that's what I mean. Like you said, their entire it's inconsistent. So if you could even package one of those guys, which you probably wouldn't get too much for, and maybe I don't know, one of your upper end but not top prospects, send them down to Kansas City. You could, I mean, you could probably probably hit him away rather easily, seeing as he is Rosenthal's what you said, thirty five. I mean, no, uh, Rosenthal's thirty. Kennedy's thirty-five. Oh, Rosenthal's. Oh, well, even that better. You probably even get more for him because he's still. I mean, he may not have to be a closer anymore, but I think he's proven he can still be a reliever. You know, a decent, you know, 
couple inning guy here and there or setup guy, whatever. But yeah, I don't know. I, I could I could definitely see him fitting in Minnesota. And it's interesting that you mentioned both Cleveland and Minnesota. Um, interdivision rivals. Yes. So again, that could be another situation where the market rises mm-hmm. because maybe they're both bidding. So we're gonna close off. I'm gonna make it easy on you. I'm gonna go with the Boston Red Sox. Okay. Now, didn't didn't go to the one I thought you might go to. I have another one when you're done okay. that might surprise you, but. Um. Now I understand your idea is you're you're gonna tell me yes to most of these, if not all of them. Okay. Um. So just give me the one that's most likely that you're most confident on. Keep in mind they've said everyone's available. Yes. Which is really stupid, <laughs> but <laughs> I don't want to interrupt. I'll explain more later, but please continue. All right. Uh, JBJ, who's 30 years Jackie old. Jackie Bradley Jr. Should have traded him two years ago when he was at his peak. I believe we both said that. Oh, yeah. I, I think anybody who's watched him play that year said that. Uh, he is a free agent after this year, so you're literally getting him for, what, a month and a half? Uh, Matt Barnes, who's going into arbitration three, so the last year of arbitration. Uh, J.D. Martinez, who has a 2020 opt-out. So after this year, he can opt-out, and you can do the same thing next year. Uh, Mitch Moreland has a club option for next year. And then Kevin Pillar, which he's he's 31 years old. He doesn't have a contract next year. He's almost, I would guarantee his bags are packed already. I could see a few of those guys moving, to be honest with you. I could see them definitely moving Jackie Bradley Jr., I could see them. I love JD Martinez. I I really do. This team has a history of trading players once it's too late to get top value for them. And you're not with the fact he has an opt out. You're not going to get top value for him. But if he opts out, you're going to get nothing for him. And let's face it, he can go get what the Red Sox are paying him somewhere else to be on a more competitive team because right. the way that pitching, the starting pitching staff of the Red Sox is looking for the next couple of years, unless Chris Sale comes back, it was just a miraculous medical case, and he is Chris Sale of old. And, you know, <laughs> Nathan Eval- I almost said Carl Bovano. <laughs> Nathan Eovaldi, I don't know why I always associate those two with each other. Unless Nathan Eovaldi can live up to anything close to what he's getting paid, this is a pitching staff that is, unless the Sox want to shell out the kind of money they haven't been willing to shell out the last few years, with the exception of David Price, woohoo. This pitching staff's not going to be any good. This bullpen doesn't have any bright spots coming up. The offense, as far as you know, the bats, they have some really talented young players. So the Red Sox offense should be okay. Um, it's kind of a blob. It's kind of like a formless blob right now. It doesn't really have any. Like when David Ortiz was there, you know you were scared of three, four, five hitters. Right. Now it's kind of like, oh, this guy here. And then, you know, we have Alex Verdugo leading off. And then we got, you know, Xander Bogart sitting here and then there. And there isn't any consistency. There isn't any. We know what we have with this lineup. It's just way too much shifting. You need to break it down to, okay, Xander and Rafael. Everyone else. Is on the table. Yeah, honestly, that's that's. that's uh, and then Sean Bloom needs to start next year and say, okay, our two most two of my our most important positions at third and short. As long as 
Devers can keep himself in baseball shape, and Xander's in the best shape of mind, which which is the team's fault, not Xander's. The team's fault because they're not giving him. He's used to winning, and he's not in a winning environment yeah. right now. That's the problem. So that's where they need to build from. Yeah, Xander Bogarts and Rafael Devers should absolutely not be anywhere near the trading block. Especially since Xander just got yeah, an extension. They, are, they should be the future of that team. They should be the what you build your team around. You have those two guys you want to bring in. You have a good power bat in J.D. Martinez. He's probably going to get dealt. They'll probably take almost anything for him, honestly. I think the most likely guy to get traded out of all that is truthfully Matt Barnes. Right. Because you have a, 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 he's been shaky throughout his career, but the guy can throw gas. And if you have a guy in the bullpen who can throw gas, you're always going to find a home in the base in major leagues. I could see him. I could see the A's going for him. Uh, I could see with their bullpen issues. I could see Tampa Bay trying to get him, uh, even though they're in a division. So here's my problem with Tampa Bay, though. No. Actually, that might work actually better for the Bloom, because Bloom's familiar with their yeah with their roster. And I'd say I don't I don't have a rock solid one for this one, but I'd say whoever doesn't get, whoever didn't get Rosenthal, Minnesota or Cleveland, would want Cleveland. I could see Barnes in Cleveland, because I see Rosenthal in Minnesota. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna say if if Matt Barnes gets dealt, it's to the to the Indians. So that's that's your going. I'm gonna Cleveland? go Indians, yeah. And and Rosenthal to Minnesota. Yep. I am putting you on the record. That's cool. P.S. Um, hey, FYI for anybody out there, even all these people who claim to be insiders don't know 100%. Right. So, I mean, there's certainly your upper echelon guys who actually do contact these teams, but 90% of what you hear is people just going on educated guesses. And the people who become really, really good at it are people who guess really, really well. So I'm just taking the knowledge I have based on the way these teams are built and saying, okay, this guy would be a good fit. So, so, who is the surprise player? Oh, the Reds are going to trade Trevor Bauer. Oof. Because they're never going to get more from him. He is letting, he's killing it right now. That's a good point. And he has been, the Reds are, more than likely they might be a playoff team this year. Possibly with all the wild cards. But they, they're kind of on that tipping, that tipping point level where they may not make it in. And you got a guy like Bauer who's absolutely... He's looking now like he did in Cleveland a few years ago before he, you know, hurt his hand for the playoffs and couldn't pitch. He is lighting it up right now. And I think Trevor Bauer to the Oakland A's. Whoa. Because I know they're not usually ones to take on bigger contracts. I don't know what Bauer's making. I know it's not a top-flight contract. Well, they took on John. What? They took on Lester. They did, but that's what I mean, though. But in order for a cash, a cash consideration deal, they'd be able to do it. And I don't know what Bauer's making. Bauer could be making thirty million a year. Bauer could be making five million a year. I have no idea. He's probably making pretty decent money. But here's the thing: Wouldn't it be perfect, Trevor Bauer playing for the interdivision rivals of the Houston Astros, pitching for them down well down the stretch? It's only twenty eight nine games left. Pitching for them down the stretch, able to quell the Astros uprising in the playoffs. I mean, this is a story baseball wishes they were smart enough to write. So, $17.5 million. 
If it was the whole season. 17.5 if it was the whole season. Okay, if it was the whole season. So, you, so I mean, you're going to prorate that based on how long they have them. Yeah. Plus, you're probably going to get cash considerations. So, realistically, they get Bauer for f- four to six starts down the stretch. Yeah. I mean, they'd probably pay, I don't know, a couple million? That's affordable for them if they if they really, I mean, and he's the kind of guy who can put them over the top. He can be the ace of their staff the way he's pitching. And be the guy to to lock it down in the playoffs when you need that. That is complete speculation. I haven't read that anywhere. I just think the A's are going to start trying to get that big arm. They're not going to get Lance Lynn because the Rangers aren't going to trade him in the division. But they're not in the division anyways. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Um, they get confused for a minute. I was like, I was like envisioning divisions in my head, and like I get all messed up. If there's a player to get, if he's on the table, and there's a player to get, that's the player. It'll 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 shift the favorite from anybody else to Oakland. Not for me because I picked Oakland to begin with. Right. So that's so why outside, I have no problem going with. Well, I mean, you have you have Oakland acquiring not only D. Gordon but Trevor Bauer. I mean, that's well. I don't think they, I don't think they get both. You don't think they get both? I think, I think they go for Bauer. Um, if they don't get Bauer, they go for a guy like D. Gordon. They go they go for the big shot well, first. Let me ask you this: they go for the knockout blow, and if they don't land that, then they try to fit some pieces together. Let me ask you this: what if what if they go opposite on both deals? Like Bauer, they they take. As much money as they, you know, take the whole money, whatever it is, so that they can not have to give so much. No, they're going to have to give something, but prospect-wise, they don't have to give as much as they typically would. Okay. And then with D. Gordon, you say have them take half the money, they're going to have to give a little bit better prospect. But D. Gordon, advanced age... Advanced age factor in, he's a speed guy, so speed diminishes over time. Right. Uh, still can hit, still can play the field, but you're not going to have to give as much as you would to, say, a 28-year-old D. Gordon. Sure. I mean, it's possible. If they can make the money work, they would go for both of them. And if there's someone that can make it work... It's Billy Bean. It's Billy Bean. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I'm just pointing out the table. It, I think it's possible. At both of them. You get Billy being six bucks and they put together a Thanksgiving dinner for 80 people. The guy can make a dollar stretch. So. So that's, you got me you got me locked in on those. I have we will review those uh, on Wednesday show. We'll take a look back real quick to see how many of those I was wrong on. <laughs> but, the only one you're saved on is the uh, Giants because you're unsure. Yeah, I really didn't have any. I didn't, that's fine. Yeah. But speaking of making a dollar stretch. Cardinal safety Buddha is that how you say it? Buddha Buddha Baker Buddha Buddha okay Buddha Baker, which I mean, quite frankly, sounds like an edible from the dispensary, but it's really good safety at Washington. Yeah, and he's apparently in the Cardinals' eyes a very good safety in Arizona because they gave him a four-year, fifty-nine million dollar extension. Kind of a head scratcher, but nothing against Buddha Buddha Buddha. Buddha? Yeah, nothing, Buddha nothing against Buddha Baker. Nothing against B squared there, but uh, I mean, he doesn't have a career interception. I mean, looking at his stats, he's a guy who really just tackles a lot. He's got like fourteen passes defended in three years. I mean, maybe this is a guy who's really, really good for the team, 
and he's a really great clubhouse guy, and he's inspires those around him. But they've literally made him the highest paid safety in the game. Yes. For no interceptions, for very few stats other than tackles. Which would tell you if your safety has to have 147 tackles, you might need some help in other areas of your defense. Uh, which they which, do. Which, which why they, they got Isaiah Simmons. That's why they drafted Isaiah Simmons, and they still have uh, the guy from New England who New England didn't re-sign. Um, I Chandler always Jones. Him. What's that? Chandler Jones. Chandler Jones, yes, who's been phenomenal down there for Arizona. Like they have players at all levels. Absolutely. And Buda Baker's pretty good. I just don't know how he's worth that much. This good. Yeah. I mean, dude, hey, go- no, I mean, right, right, good right. for him for getting his money. I'm not knocking the guy. I'm not hating on him. I just don't understand from a business standpoint. The Cardinals look at him and go, "You're the highest paid safety in the NFL now." And 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 let's spin this a little bit. If you're the San Diego Chargers and if you're the Seattle Seahawks, you're looking at this contract and saying, "Oh boy." Oh man, because you got Derwin James and Jamal Adams that are going to be coming up for contracts and. They're gonna look at that number Buda Baker got and go, <laughs> yeah. Because because no, it'll no, be no. it'll be Jamal Adams after this season, and I believe Derwin James. Is it Derwin James going into his third season right now? So yes, he'll, so he'll be the after, he'll be he'll be available after this season. Yeah. Yes. So technically, there will be well, obviously Jamal will be a I believe a free agent. This is. You, I like it when they reset the market, um, because that raises raises the level of players in the game. Maybe he is strictly a information's on the tape guy. You know, like when we watched uh, Vince Wolfork, you looked at his stats; they're they're hot garbage. But we knew Vince Wolfork was a impact on the Patriots front set. Right. Like he would take up two, three blockers and still get penetration. So He's maybe a super that's Superbird. I wasn't gonna make the reference, but hey. Superbird, man. Come on. If you um, live anywhere near a big Y, you'll get that reference. If you don't, well, sorry. Let's just look it up. Um I just don't know what Isaiah Simmons is going to do to the fact that if he's if if his sole purpose is to tackle, Isaiah Simmons is going to track down a lot of players. Right. Is that going to make Buda Baker null and void? Are you going to be looking for more no. of a? I mean, because here's the thing: if 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 you got a Buda Baker and you have that much confidence in him to pay him that much money, I mean. You you have confidence that if somebody like uh, Simmons does eat up some of those tackles, right. he's going to be able to take his talent and transition it to another part of the game. Well, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, is he going to be able? Does he have that expansive game to make plays, be a playmaker? Which I think clearly Isaiah Simmons is. I believe it. We we know that, and I know Chandler Jones is, and. Patrick Peterson is still top-end corner in the game. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to diminish any of the other players, but those are kind of the key points right. on the defense. Can he evolve his game to make this contract not look so... Ridiculous? Yeah. This is a team that's going to have to re-sign DeAndre Hopkins in a few years. 
I, mean, I thought they, they were going to have not. to resign him now. It was looking like he wanted an extension, but I haven't heard much out of him on that. Right. I mean, maybe I they mean, can make it work. And I, I said this to you when we, we talked about it. Four years. What time frame is in four Tyler years? Murray's contract, though. Right. I think it'll be like three years or, or probably, yeah, I think it'll be like three years. But I'm sure the 33.1 guaranteed, year four probably doesn't have any guaranteed money left. So year four is probably going to be that, oh, we can just cut them and be done. Well, and here, here's the thing, too. I mean, if Kyler Murray keeps progressing, he played phenomenally well last year right. for a rookie on a team that the year before he showed up, the offense was, I mean, to say it was putrid would be an understatement. You're being generous. Yeah, that would be, they would have to have, I say it all the time, they would have had to have improved just to suck. Kyler Murray continues on the path he's on and progresses over the next two years, before that fourth year even starts, he's going to get his extension. They're going to Patrick Mahomes him because they're just they're going to just lock him up. He's going to get a mega contract. And whether Buda Baker, but I keep saying Buda, whether Buda Baker's still there, they have to restructure, and DeAndre Hopkins still there, they restructure and make that work. I mean, the Chiefs have proved one thing this offseason. If you got the right people in the front office, you can make money go a long way and you can make it work. Um, so, I mean, the Cardinals, while they struggled for a bit, have also proved a lot of intelligence by getting Hopkins in there, getting a new coach in there. They didn't, they didn't let the coach weigh him down for years. They knew he wasn't the guy. They cut him, moved on. I still didn't like no, how but, it went. But, but it worked out well for their franchise, which yeah. if you're in that front office, that's what you need to do. That's your main goal. What's best and, for the team? And they they made a bold move. We took Josh Rosen in the first round. Franchise quarterback, supposedly. Yeah. High pick. I disagree 100%, but hey. Yeah, he has not proven that on the field. Um, And they said the next year, um, the coach, yeah, he's out. The quarterback, yeah, we're going to trade him. Right. Uh, we're going to draft Kyler Murray, number one, and we're going to trade Josh Rosen to Miami. I mean, that's a bold move. And honestly, I am so I, I I can't tell you how impressed I am by that. I said it back when the, at the draft when they got Isaiah Simmons. This is right after they got Hopkins. I cannot tell you how impressive it is as somebody who has been a sports fan his whole life and has watched so many teams wallow in mediocrity because of bad high draft picks and bad coaching decisions. Who sit there and go, "Well, we got to give it a few years. Well, we got to give him a few years." Cardinals were like, no, that's not the coach we want. You're out. This guy's in. We know Josh, you know, Rosen isn't the guy. Get him out of here. We got the first overall pick. We're taking Kyler Murray. We're going to rebuild this team. We're going to pay for some right players. We're going to get Hopkins in there. The Arizona Cardinals are a perfect example of when you have the right people pulling the strings, calling the shots, you can turn a franchise from a joke to a legitimate contender in very short order. They're gonna they're gonna push Seattle. And who's the other team? San Fran. Thank you. And San Francisco for the division title. I, I think so. I, I believe put, I absolutely believe it. I bet the Rams far fourth place. I'd be stunned. But I think they'll push them for the for uh, for the title of the division. Somehow I believe We'll get, and this is a little preview, we'll get three playoff teams out of the 
NFC West. It's possible. Very I possible. Just, this team, this team is this, this team is too good to not be in the playoffs this coming season. Oh, the additions they made yes. to the draft and free agency and everything. trades. Everything, everything I mean, they've they done. The Cardinals are a contender. Make no mistake about it. It's just can they piece it together? Can I, they I honestly, it together? based on what I saw last year coming from the abysmal offense they were and just bad team in general they were the two years prior, I have I have no doubt they're going to be a team that surprises a lot of people. Anything else? I don't know. That'll be it. All right, we're going to get out of here. As always, if you have any questions for Ben or I and anything you've heard on this episode, past episodes, or any other sports-related questions you may have for us in general, we'd love to hear from you. And, Ben, where can they get in touch with us? You can hit us up on Twitter, at BCTSPod, Facebook, Ben and Chris Talk Sports, or the website, bctspod.com. And just a reminder, as of next week, Ben and I will be changing our schedule from Tuesday and Friday mornings to a Wednesday morning release. So if you look for a Tuesday, it's not there. That's why. we got some more information on other things Ben and I are working on coming at you in the next few weeks. So stay tuned for that. And if you would continue to please spread the word, maybe tell just one person tomorrow, one person the next day about the show if you could, if you like it. We'd appreciate that. Word of mouth is the best advertisement. For Ben, I am Chris. Please stay safe and stay healthy. And we will see you right back here Wednesday morning. Thank you.